0: Ua, 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 ua,
1: I'm back to remember to floss. What's up, everybody? Oh my gosh, it's such a good week! We have an interview with somebody that that's his name has come up in multiple interviews that we've had so far. If you've been paying attention, 95% of the interviews we've done, his name has come up somehow.
2: He's the connective tissue,
1: he is the connective tissue to all these people. Um, I've known him for about a decade at this point, which is insane. He's insane, yeah. I mean, and I've watched him evolve from, you know, a guy that throws parties and owns a store, and is now a very successful realtor. And I can't wait to see what he does next. Um, if you haven't guessed who it is yet, uh, we're talking to kareem Jackson this week.
2: DC Cream. DC Cream, formerly, yeah, the
1: artist, formerly Formally known nice. as. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm super pumped. Some really fun stories.
2: Great stories. Uh, Kareem's led a very interesting life.
1: Yeah. I'm. We're very, very humbled that he's come and, you know, graced us with his presence and sat down with us and opened up and told us, uh, you know, the backstories of why he came here mm-hmm. from D.C. and why he's done the things that he's done. And, you know, it's
2: the biggest thread to me is uh, Kareem has always followed his passions. Uh you let know, that be
1: a lesson everybody
2: a lot of people like try to plan out their whole life and Kareem is definitely a person who uh chases or continues to chase excuse me um the things that he is very passionate about and that he loves
1: mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. that is definitely a um what's the word it's a good lesson to learn yes you know uh, But anyways enjoy the interview with Kareem you guys I'm so pumped about it and this week we have a really special guest.
2: Man, every every week, week it's a special guest. It's gonna be every week. When we do that. Uh,
1: <laughs> no, but it's actually I I think is a special guest because in the lore 90, of our podcast, in the lore of our podcast, ninety percent of the people that's been through this door. I have met through this one man sitting here in this room, Yes. Hi. Kareem Jackson.
0: Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't be shy now, man. Oh, I'm not shy. I'm just saying what's up. Say hello um,
1: to people out there. Yeah, so we're, we're talking to Kareem this week. Super exciting.
2: Kareem has been the connecting tissue to literally most every person that we've had on this podcast. True story. With very few exceptions.
1: Kareem, we have to start from the beginning, right? Yes. So how long have you lived in Columbus now?
0: Hold on, what are you counting? You're not counting college, right? Uh well,
1: let's, when, start, when there. When let's start there. Let's start there. I mean, like why you came you're from DC. You yes. grew up you were born and grew up in DC. Yeah. Why did you decide to come to Columbus? Because I had no choice. You had no choice. What? My what
0: parents mean? went to a school called Wilverforce. Okay. It was in Ohio. My parents were like, one of our kids gotta to go to school in Ohio. Our brother didn't go to school in Ohio. He went to Hampton and then WV Law. Mm. My sister followed his footsteps and went to Hampton and WV Law. So they're a lot older than me. My brother's 50 and my sister's 42. You have two lawyer wow. siblings? Wow. Yeah, two attorneys wow. in my family. That's well, crazy. First of all, that's got to be great for like personal reasons. It's great for Just, personal reasons, but it's not when you're like in school and everybody's like making you like, oh, you're not like your sister. You're See, not s- like <laughs> <laughs> your brother. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I
1: know. Um, okay, so you had to be the one to come to Ohio.
0: Yeah, and I didn't want to go to Wilberforce. They wanted me to go to school in Ohio, and I they were, I was like Wilberforce is an all black school. I grew up with like Hispanic kids, Jewish kids, Asian kids, like kids of different like races, different nationalities, and cultures. So I was like I can't really be at an all black school because it's just, like it's not my thing. Anymore. So I was like I need to be around everybody. So I, I mean Ohio State was. The crap on it. They told me it's supposed to be really diverse, and I got there. It was n- not that diverse. It was diverse, but everybody was segregated. Yeah, yeah. it so. it's, I, th- right. I would say it's
2: a lot better now. Yeah, having just come out of working there. Yeah, but yeah, it was se- super
0: yeah. segregated. I was like, ooh, this, <laughs> this is not what I signed up for. Mm-hmm. But so, I mean, I got here.
1: Yeah, I'm so, okay. So
0: that's 2001.
1: So post college. You went to work here, still, and you stayed. You didn't I go stayed. back to DC.
0: I got a job at home office at Abercrombie and Fitch because all my friends worked there. Well, hold up. What did you even go to school for? I went to school for communications, PR, and advertising. It's like, okay. like all my internships were either like working for like some record label. I worked for Adult Swim promoting their what? shows. Oh man! Uh, what record label did you work for? Nalaya Records. It was like what? a. Like goth techno record. Like, oh my a, god, that's awesome! Whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> so I would help with the shows, melon out. D- did you put stuff. a little mascara on? No. You, <laughs> <give> a little <laughs> techno action. I went to some of the shows though, and they yeah. had like merch booths. They used to be, they were pretty big overseas for a while. Mm-hmm. And then um, I worked for Adult Swim the most, and I promoted all their like shows when they were trying to build up that brand. I would throw like parties at uh different rest, not restaurants, different bars, and like promote the show and giveaways and like have games and stuff like that and then uh i worked for sofa express the longest though before i got a sofa job. express rest in peace best job oh i ever have. coolest job I ever had okay. are you serious the only reason i like that job is because everybody was older and i was the youngest everybody's like in their like late 30s to like 40s and 50s and i was like 20 and 21 and they would just mm-hmm. give me life advice like people were like Whatever you want to do, do it now. Don't let anybody tell you. you have to wait till you get older. That was like one of the main things that helped me like open a store because people like do whatever you want. Wow. You want to do it now, and then people were like, "Shout out Sofa Express yeah. for the life advice." The life too. advice, and <laughs> then people were telling me like, "Hey, don't do what I did when I was like thirty-something years old. I decided to stop working out. That usually keeps me in the gym. Just weird little advice like yeah. that. So, uh, it was a good experience. Everybody was super nice, and I did like uh the office job, and I tried to get like a marketing job there, and then they got. I think they got bought out and they went under. under. So now they're like front room furnishings. So, wow. so I worked at Abercrombie. Ended up going to Abercrombie Fitch home office. So,
2: And then so you were there for a period of time. Uh, did you immediately go from being at Abercrombie to going into the store situation? or?
0: Funny thing is I was working in a store before I even got that job at Abercrombie. Ah, so you're just lining things up? Or? I pretty much lining things up. I was working with one of my buddies and that didn't work out. Then a lot of people knew me from like... Just partying, like just, like that's just part two, parts, just going out. Just yeah. going out. And then yeah. I was a kid there; everybody knew that I wore like clothes that were a little bit different to everybody else. Like I had, I was really in the Japanese street where I had like bapes when nobody really knew what bapes were in Columbus. And I was just rocking those. And then people were like, What are you wearing? Those are fake Nikes with stars on it. And like stuff <laughs> like that. Well, yeah. a, grail, that was really grail it was, now. Man. Yeah, man. Good collection back then must have been, it would be it worth was wild. a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, I used to go to the store and. Baltimore, I and mean, we sold like Japanese streetwear all the time. I would travel from D.C. when I got home. How'd you get into that? Just streetwear. I just it was a streetwear store. When I grew up in D.C. called Up Against the Wall. They sold like Echo, P and B. I think it was called. No. yeah, P and B is one yeah, of yeah. those. Yeah, Nietzsche probably. They, uh, they sold Nietzsche, but they sold Iceberg. uh yes! like, they sold uh, Versace. Like, so oh man, they sold the high end. They stuff. sold so you mix it up. So yeah. I was in there. Like, oh yeah, D.C. is like that city. If you don't come correct, like. Mm. People make fun of you in school. You can be mm-hmm. like the brokest person in school and like come from like the like poverty, but somehow you got to figure out a way to look good. Because yeah, like that's the thing in DC, you got to look fresh no matter where you come from. So mm. I just had that in me. Like I grew up in DC, and I could walk probably like five blocks down the street and there'd be a Versace store, and I could go in there and just look at stuff. So
2: see that that's that is interesting because you kind of took that experience and then brought it here because that did not exist.
0: Uh-huh, didn't prior exist. to that. I mean, I had a times where I didn't care about clothes, and I cared about them again. And then, like, I remember when I started to care, I would like go shop, and I'm like, "This is horrible." What made you? Was it just bad
2: experiences that you had um, at shopping for lo- shopping for? Oh clothes? yeah, there
0: wasn't really too many things locally like that I had the brands I was looking for. Like, I was still shopping at. Uh, I think it was called Digital Underground. was a website. Used to buy oh man, there. yeah. I used to buy clothes from there too. Yeah, So you know that. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. this is before Carmel was popular. They used to have a lot of underground brands. I shop there, and then I would just anytime I went out of town, I went home. I would just hit the stores in DC that I still had all the brands I was looking for. Like I was like, it's, it's there, so I'm just gonna buy it. So mm-hmm. I was like, I mean, I just couldn't take it anymore. And then I met, actually, I met my business partner Eric in my another business partner that helped start milk bar Connie because a bunch of people were like yo they want to open a store we told him you gotta to talk to DC Kareem because he's the man that knows all the clothes if they want to do this mm. and then like we talked and that's how like we kind of came up with the idea with milk bar I mean different names and it, we finally landed on milk bar but mm. it was it was a process and then like I was working at Abercrombie then we finally got the money like probably like after like nine months of working there I finally figured out funds for the store so okay
2: so, what was that process like? So, were both of your business partners older than you or the same younger. age? Younger. So,
0: I was 23, 24. Hold on. How do you know? When, I think I was 24 when the store opened. They were like 21.
2: Wow. So, so just blind leading the blind or did you have some prior business experience?
0: I have worked in clothing stores. Like, I worked in a store in high school that so like... Ferragamo's, like... <laughs>
1: super, super high-end. Uh, super
0: high-end Versace, mm-hmm. custom suits. So I kind of had a retail experience, but Eric probably had... I think Eric had a better retail experience because he worked at clothing stores like Buckle and stuff like that before. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't really the blind leave them blind, but it was definitely, like, a learning experience for everybody. So, like, none
2: of you guys were business majors? None of nah. you... Like, how did you do the Eric business Eric was, like, a plan, music or? business major. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't That's different. Connie was, like... Autometry major, but he took accounting classes. I had PR and advertising. And I, mm. I mean, they teach you in that stuff how to do business plans, but it wasn't really like we all had a major. We just kind of like, that's what we want to do. Yeah. So, and yeah. we figure it out. figured it out. Yeah.
1: When did Milk Bar officially open?
0: October 2007.
1: Oh, gosh. 2007. Damn.
0: Oh, yeah. It was a good time. That was a party.
1: That was a, yeah. I remember. Cop I showed, showed up. Old, we had kegs. We
0: It was stacked wall to wall. I wasn't even expecting that. Mm. so so right out of the gate you guys
2: do you feel like you were successful pretty early then in that situation or no
0: uh i would say we were successful like get our name out because it just helped that i had to like toot my own i kind of just knew a lot of people and people already knew who i was just from hanging out and just from just being me which that's is that pr background you my pr already had... but also just yeah. being the yeah. proper branding not yeah. even caring like i care but i feel like back then my personality was like everybody's my friend Like, Like, I don't care who you are. I'm just going to hang out and party and do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. And that's how I ended up throwing parties. I literally went from, like, not caring to do whatever I want and getting wasted to, like, man, that kid knows everybody from just partying. He should throw parties. And we threw – I started Get Right before I started Milk Bar. and You uh, did? Oh, oh, I guess I got that timeline wrong. Yeah. I started Get Right before I started Milk Bar. And then the Get Right flyers, we were put – presented by Milk Bar on the flyers.
2: And did it even exist at that point? didn't even exist. This was, like (laughs) – this like.
0: Ooh, I think this is like six or six or seven months before we started Milk Bar, and we just put it on the flyer. Like I don't know, I think this will work.
1: So <laughs> that's, fantastic. So that's what, awesome. What was
2: the original impetus behind the the party, like behind Get Right? What made you want to? Now that we're approaching, this is the ten year anniversary of yeah. it, right? So, what made you want to start that party?
0: Uh actually, I didn't really want to start a party. I just was partying <laughs> so, with my exactly. friends and like kick it in. All the time. I remember I had my twenty third birthday at clampdown. This would happen. happened. I had my twenty third birthday at clampdown, told everybody. Probably like hundred people showed up my birthday party, which was weird. I didn't think I was that popular of a person. <laughs> Charles Erickson came up to me because we were like, We have a cake, we need you to sing happy birthday. We need to put you this on Kareem's name on the board, blah blah. He literally stops me and goes, You ever think about throwing a party? I was like, No, but I will. So I actually <laughs> didn't come up with a name. His buddy Jarrell, oh man, it's been such a long time. I feel bad butchering his name. Jarrell, we haven't spoken years because he moved away, but Mm -hmm. he came up with the name. So it was just me, Charles Erickson, and him. Then it became me and Jason and Detox later. Mm -hmm. But uh, Jason was actually for TJ, but it was just because somebody asked me to throw a party. I said I'll throw a party. So
1: and there it was. There it was.
0: It was cool though because Mm -hmm. we got to play the music. We played at a house party, so we couldn't find out. So, like, I used to hang at this house called Grimers. That was the nickname with my friends, like, Ben, Pat, Jimmy, all used to live. And we would just, they were just the ragers over there. and I get to be the charge of a playlist most of the time, playing, like, mm-hmm. spank rock and rap. And we just mix stuff up. And we just, like, rage all night. So, it's like, all right, we'll take this idea and this music and just take it to this party. So, Interesting. Yeah.
2: So, the, the, I find that fascinating that you guys didn't, um, th- there wasn't, like, thought like oh man i'm gonna start this party and then we're gonna help promote this thing that we're also doing called milk bar it was just kind of like yeah this is cool let's do this like it was just following that's got how i'll usually do anything yeah. man. i'm
0: not gonna like, last <laughs> i mean that's how every party i've started just because i was like huh i want to do this this kind of cool oh sure let's do it yeah i mean milk bar was an idea but the promotion which you're right is just kind of like hmm, we should put the milk bar name on it now so
2: i think that's a good lesson like as far as following your gut because yeah. like it's not like you were it wasn't premeditated none no. of it really was even the music or the vibe of what that party is which has changed definitely from what she oh, was yeah. telling me oh, yeah. but by the same token like that came out of just what you were doing at the time anyway
0: it was just wow because if we did go out before i get right started like me and my roommate jimmy used to like just go he wasn't my roommate i don't know why i said roommate but one of my best friends We were just. Mm-hmm. Sometimes just go out together, and we wanted to dance, and like some of my friends just wanted to dance, and we couldn't find any place. I think the only DJ we would ever go listen to was a uh, DJ Holler, and he would play a Frog Bear Wild Boar, and it was like the only place we could find rap music in Columbus at the time. So we would just go Which down there. Which was campus. on campus.
1: Was it on campus? Frog Bear was on campus.
0: No, it wasn't.
1: Yes, it was. It was where the gateway is now.
0: No, Frogbear. Move. remember when it went downtown?
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's, that's right. A, yeah. Frog Bear was downtown in the arena. So we, that was the only
0: time we could find rap music. And mm-hmm. anytime we went to anybody else's party, nobody was really dancing. So we were just wild out. Then the first party, I think before Get Right, was sweating. So that kind of was cool. Because oh,
1: that's a that's a legendary party, too. Yeah,
0: so that was that was the only time we didn't really have any options to party. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it was kind of cool to throw a party in now We're like, ooh, we get the rage on our own. Like the first one, people were shirtless. The Somebody jumped on top of the AC duck and ripped it all the way down. (laughs) The security didn't know what to do. So people were just beating up the AC duck, stomping down and punching and dancing over top of it. Where
1: was the first get right at? It
0: was at uh, Lotus Lounge and it closed right after that. (laughs) (laughs) That's closed down. Where the heck was Lotus It's now Double Happiness. Oh, man.
1: Oh, that's right. Bars in Columbus, they stay the same, but the names hey, change. Hey,
0: Columbus people rage and party. Like, there's no mm-hmm. party, even to Get Right to this day. If you look at the crowd at Get Right, it's changed, but my friends said they went to another party downtown, and they were like, the Get crowd, Get Right crowd will dance and party all night and rage and jump up and down, and yeah. you go mm-hmm. to these other parties. It's only like got a few people dancing and just trying to look cool. But people everybody, looking at their phone. People know when you come to Get Right, we're going to we're go, We're going to have a good time.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: so. yeah, yeah. That's about right. I mean, so, okay, you, you went from like someone was like you should throw a party yeah to being now so you're now have established yourself as a party promoter like once you threw one like was it then just a learning process of like okay this is did what you decide you do. it
1: was gonna be a monthly or were you were you like uh, we're just gonna do one
0: i think we were gonna do one and then mm-hmm. it did really well and, and charles was like we're gonna make it monthly i was like okay i didn't i just like agreed to it because the first one went re- really well like i we promoted the first one by like this is my space you know how you, what was that thing in the sound like the timeline the updates in MySpace? Yeah, yeah yeah i would just post in that stuff all the time and i would just go through all my friends myspace comments and post flyers on all their pages like just mm-hmm. people like yeah. what are you posting to my comments it's flyer why are you always posting your updates like just get right and i was like uh-huh. and then zach Creedon, one of my good friends made the first get right flyer and me him and like 12 of my friends with the confest Mm. Wasted just passing out flyers, drunk, harassing people. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> and that's how the first get right happened. That is awesome. So it was cool. It was packed. It was like, it was a good time.
2: Now, she said that the vibe was different back in that day. What would you describe the vibe?
0: Super had? hipster. It was very
2: hipster. Very hipster. Day.
0: It was the original hipster squad. Okay. Was, very much. And I'm not going to lie. It was definitely more white people than there is now. Because yeah. back then, it was mostly majority white crowd. Yeah, that's you what she said. At, you either yeah. worked at Abercrombie, either were like skateboarded, wrote graffiti, or you were in the hip-hop. Yeah. Now, it's like majority black crowd. Like people, my friend Ralph said, he was like, dude, I saw somebody from high school I went to on the west side. Yeah. Like people from the east side that never even knew about Get Right. But it kind of changed once it got to Scullies. Like It just do you think it's part. gotten
1: younger too well i mean we've gotten it, older so obviously everybody's like
0: younger but a lot of people showed up for the ten they're like my age because they were like oh i'm out it's 10 year get right yeah. i was yeah. there day one i mean
1: we were we were there yeah you yeah. were there and yeah. then like
0: a bunch of people you said you saw my friends they were there they were like here here i was like they were like man i was like yeah it's
1: 10 years later wow 10 man. years later but so
0: okay
2: but like so now you, you're 10 years in where do you feel like – do you feel like you've grown a lot as a party promoter during that time period? Oh, yeah,
0: because when I first started throwing parties, I was yeah. drunk all the time. I didn't care about money. Mm-hmm. I probably got ripped off by people because I wasn't counting money. Me and Jason, whoever, weren't paying attention. I think me and Jason kind of, like, figured it out towards – the more we did it, the more, like, all right, we need to pay attention to what we're doing. We can't get too drunk. We somebody's gonna care. count that money at the end of the night i mean the only reason jason stopped doing it with me is because he got a really good job in new york he's living in brooklyn so he had to go so he got to do it in detox with the dj he met a girl they moved to san diego so then at that point giovanni came in and filled in for mm-hmm. them as dj and then now we have tron who's been like a godsend because he's so young he's so energetic he has great ideas like I never had, like, videos playing that gear, right? It was just, like...
2: It's been genius. Yeah. That that part of
0: it's made a whole different level. Tyler's like, we got to... Well, Sean, I'm not giving this government name. (laughs) (laughs) Sean was like, let's play videos. And I was like, all right, cool. So, we'll rotate from, like, anime to wrestling. There's usually stuff he likes or I likes, Like, because he loves anime. I love anime. I love wrestling. I like to incorporate my personality into my parties. And so, he's been doing a lot of flyers. And he just... He's he's DJed enough and he's young enough... For his age he's very responsible he's very responsible like mm-hmm. he doesn't get wasted he pays attention to the track list he's always on time he has ideas and, and so and like i i gotta learn from other people i don't, don't have greatest ideas anymore sometimes and if i do they might be a little too outlandish and cost a lot of some money that we don't have <laughs> or just, just have, or, or we just can't do it because the venue just doesn't have the capability. so i mean mm-hmm. it's been good like it's that's a good help i mean we went from like just doing whatever they're realizing you need to have a little bit of production to an event like even with og we never had production sorry i just skipped to another party but it's another party i throw and now we have lights better sound stuff like that we control the door a lot better we do a lot of things we never did before so interesting
2: and i mean like uh i think that 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 part of it really is key too like again not only following your gut but like so you infuse these parties these parties are very much like you couldn't like somebody else couldn't do this no you can't but, find them in any you other can't city yeah that, you and, and like any other city anywhere else we didn't steal anybody's
0: ideas we just came with our own we you like, like some yeah. shit and then you
2: did it yeah yeah and i mean so kind of backtracking a little bit so before we get into og and other stuff you're doing um so you have milk bar going on but then you're also doing these parties was it an intentional thing to try to then use that as a promotion for milk bar and vice versa
0: or is it just kind of happened that way as well well it kind of happened and i kind of came an idea like all right this is work just do some cross promotion like mm. we're going to use the parties to boost the store and they're going to use the store to boost the parties like people come to the store like hey we got this event blah 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 so it's like mm. they would they kind of like Fed off each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it helped out a lot for both businesses. Like, it was the same people that wanted to go to the parties shopping at the store because they wanted an outfit to go out. Yeah, so, yeah. so that helps. It made, yeah. it made a lot of sense. It made a lot of sense because our, our clothing our store is very like it's very flashy. It was very trendy. It's not like stuff you just. I mean, you can wear it down the street. Poor a lot of people wear it, but it's like you also like all right. I got this fit. I'm gonna meet this well, girl. Where? Or if you're because we sold predominantly men's clothes when we first started, so it's like hey. It was the place to go to get your clothes. That's how we always wanted to be, the place to go to get your gear before you went out. That's great.
2: I mean, and so how difficult was that to juggle those two things at that time then?
0: Uh, It was difficult because the first year of Milk Bar, I was still working. Oh, the first two years of Milk Bar, I was still working full-time at Abercrombie. Holy shit, I did not know that. How were you able
1: to pull that off without the they didn't care oh really
0: because i mean it's abercrombie versus milk bar who's selling like when we first opened we were selling like rag and bone uh insight uh yeah. apc stuff like that when they're selling abercrombie brand yeah yeah so they didn't it wasn't like it was any they didn't wasn't take no a competition right? yeah it was no non-compete it was just that i i mean it was our first store i mean honestly my plan was to work full-time at abercrombie and have milk bar and then maybe like if i like you know You go to college, everybody's tells you to climb the corporate ladder, blah, blah, blah. Keep climbing the corporate ladder Mm -hmm. and then using more of the money I made from working at Abercrombie to support the shop. But in two thousand nine they did a big layoff and I was got cut with like fifty other people in one day they like brought us to a conference from like, oh you gotta go. Damn. And then I was like, Okay, what am I gonna do now? I guess this is about to be all in. And honestly a lot changed when I got all in because I missed a lot of stuff not being there. Like so Yeah.
2: So it, it, that's that. That's maybe the most interesting story that we've had so far, as far as uh, people leaving their job. Because it's usually like somebody like getting the guts to do it and then jumping off a cliff and doing it. Like you actually had a corporation decide for you. They're like no, nope, you gotta go. You gotta go. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Um,
2: do you think? Oh, hold on. Do you do you think you would have made that decision down the road anyway, or you
0: think you would have just kept going? I think maybe if it was picking up mm-hmm. fast enough, I would have been like, all right, I can leave now, but i, I kind of had in my head like hey i'm just gonna work the corporate ladder and then maybe if i make enough money like i just don't have to be at the store all the time and i just be there and like because mm-hmm. i mean when me and eric kind of worked it out and connie was like hey kareem's not gonna be there that much but will eric was like full-time all the time but mm-hmm. i was still there like i mean i was there seven days a week i would come out i would leave abercrombie and i would go straight to milk bar and then i would work on the weekend so i was mm-hmm. my roommate was like you're crazy man he's like i don't know how you work so much he's like you never have a day off don't go anywhere. You're just Abercrombie to Milk Bar. But I was like, dude, you got to do what I got to do. My dad was the type, type of person. He worked for the government doing plumbing work. And then at night, he did his personal business, plumbing business. So I was just used to seeing a guy grind seven days a week. So oh, that was nothing that's what new. That's you were doing. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah I was going to ask you like where that work ethic comes from. Oh, my dad's
0: a grinder. Yeah. So is my brother. So they're both. So is my sister. But I would say my dad and brother like. My sister's probably pissed if she ever hears that. <laughs> or my mom. But my dad and my brother, like, like inspirational when it comes to like working. They're like, Work ethic. yeah, my brother's been like, I don't know, a lot of stuff. Yeah, like, at one point he was a VP of Human Resources for Sonoka. So I've seen that dude climb the corporate ladder, be known across the business world. So it's like, wow. for it's like, just who he is. So good dude to know. Yeah. Good dude to look up to. So yeah, with I mean-
1: Milpark, um, you got laid off. What, two years in when two you were of at Two years Milk Bar. Yeah, two years of Milk Bar. Two years when,
0: of Abercrombie, you're right. Yeah.
1: When did you see Milk Bar turn a profit?
0: We didn't really see it until we moved locations. And that was the...
1: Was that the end of 2009? Yeah. I think so. We were always yeah.
0: afloat and taking care of ourselves and our bills and able to bring new stuff in. But for the first two years, we weren't paying ourselves at all. We were just, like, making sure we, like... Put money back in the bills because we didn't really have that much money to bring. Like we had half the amount of money we should have had to open a store. Yeah, like, we weren't able to raise that much money, so we were just like, gotta do what we gotta do. So yeah, if we want to ha- make this dream happen. We're just going to try to figure out how to make this work. So, yeah.
1: So you guys move location about two, two to three years in. Yeah. Down closer. like Oh yeah, two thousand
0: nine into two thousand nine. Yeah. Yeah.
1: To the heart of the short north.
0: You can see the change. What we were making in a month on Fifth and High, we were making in a week
1: in the short north
0: and, like deep in the short north like i was like what i was yeah. like that location changes drastic you know what made the location change? eric actually went to the short north business association to get a foot like it was like a. How you i'm trying to say you know what i'm trying to say the a foot traffic foot traffic yeah. uh analysis and it showed oh, wow. a, a huge difference mm-hmm. of like foot traffic from fifth and high to like the harsh north it was drastic it was drastic we were like we have to move. Yeah. We, we took a gamble and cut our lease early and didn't even tell our landlord. <laughs> we, you know, that didn't work out too well but we settled that. We don't find that court case anymore. But Nice. But, nice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we had to do what we had to do. Sometimes mm-hmm. you got to make a jump. If you got to make the jump, you got to make the jump. It was like yeah. a do or die situation. We're either going to lose a spot or we're going to be stuck in a spot. So
1: Yeah.
2: So if you weren't doing it for, for money, really, and if you were planning on climbing the corporate ladder, why keep doing it?
0: Plans to make a, some money, but I would also had plans of like I'm not like impatient, and I was always told it would take like three to five years. Of, stories, right? So I was like, okay. I could just use the statistics to like just do what I need to do mm. to get myself stable, stuff like that. I mean, I had other aspirations because honestly, I wanted to do real estate, and I'm doing it now. So this is what I really wanted to do too. Like this, mm. I just didn't have like the time I've been talking about doing so it's like it's weird I know I'm a weird dude but. you
1: are weird <laughs> that's great
0: though. but
2: so your, your end goal was to kind of get where you wanted to get anyway but you wanted to do these other things yeah there are things that you had to get out of your system at the very least yeah I got yeah. a problem so. <laughs> no, not, I mean <laughs> no I don't creating, think that's a problem. creating businesses no. problem. no so um
1: you moved down to the short north north yes. bar and it thrived obviously yeah. you guys got an infusion of probably new clients that you probably never saw before yeah. being up on 5th and high. You got an influx of new brands that you guys carried. And just all in all, being down there next to other shops...
0: Yeah, changed the game.
1: Changed the game so much. So towards the end, and like... And it, I mean, every person that I've talked to that had a hand or was involved yeah. with the store or had ever been into that store always says like those last days were so sad because that was kind of... I always thought of Milk Bar as... um a meeting of the minds you always went in there and you would always see somebody that you wanted to talk to yeah or you end up meeting somebody right you ended up meeting somebody who you wanted then to hang out with yeah so towards the end there what was the thought process like did you think did you think you were able you would be able to save it did you think you were going to open another one or was it like no you know what i did it it's done i'm moving on
0: well, the first three years down with short north we were doing extremely well like just crushing crushing numbers something like that then the next year it was just like a lot of stuff just happened that we weren't expecting to happen like i think one of the big things is which was not even our fault and which is kind of shady on a lot of like sales reps i don't want to throw anybody on the bus but it's real because we talked to our friends that are sales reps so when you go to trade shows you make an order they ask for your credit card information they tell you hey we're not gonna charge your account until you actually really want this oh you know what they were doing they were literally just charge our account not tell us and just stuff would show when you look in our bank account it was gone the money was gone we were like what is going on yeah like, we and then like it you can't a, return them you materials? can't return it you oh. can't do anything they're like oh well. they give you all these excuses and stuff like that and we actually had friends our reps they're like people are being drastic these days and it's becoming an issue and like they were like we don't reps are just doing it because they have to pay for these samples. And then these people are can't, not canceling orders, but just not going through with the orders and blah, blah, blah. So like, we have no, they pay for the samples. That's the job they chose. Don't try to swindle somebody by charging their car. So right. you get their commission when we, right. didn't, we changed our mind. We didn't want the material. So it happened to us a lot. Like it was happened to a point where we are like, this is ridiculous. We had to even change our car. Cause Chase was like, we worked with Chase and any bank's going to tell you, not just Chase, but we can't just, we don't know what's going on. We can't call it a fraud and you, like they have your information we, yeah so we canceled that card we got some more money in the store but, but kind of like bad timing because by the time we decided to get more funds in the store because they took so much money out of our account it was summertime which is very slow mm-hmm. so that was a chain of events that kind of like slowed us down and then i mean we just also had like i think i kind of like just makes you like feel crappy and you're just like Oh, uh, you're like not starting to get out of it. And like, I felt like my mind of like fashion, whatever I wanted to be, it was not there anymore. And then Eric had another business. And we, I think we were kind of doing it, but we were also like kind of just pissed off and like frustrated and stressed out. And so you're on super high where you're like, we've been like mentioning Lucky Magazine. We're mentioning a bunch of national magazines. We get, we won every year Best Clothing Store. I mean, if you people knew what Milk Bar was, it was like a cultural phenomenon. Like, our store was like a place you hung out. We were oh, in a for skate sure. shop. Or anything like that. We're in a bar, but we were the place that everybody met. Like, if you wanted to go to a party, you talk to the milk bar guys. You want to about fashion something, you talk to the milk. If you just want to hang and meet new people, it was like a center of how people became friends. A lot of people became friends because of milk bar. So it's that's like, true. So it's not like it was. It was a different type of store. We always wanted to be a friendly atmosphere, but it's like, the while you like, all right, todd are you coming here? Because I'm mad. Because I'm not. I got to work on making money. You're distracting me. Then. We could have saved the store i mean we had countless opportunities but we definitely both decided like let's just go out with a bang we've been there done that we want to do something else we started when we were 24 and 21 i was 30 by the time we closed the store your mindset at 30 and 23 22 21 when you're starting a store is completely, completely different
2: completely.
0: i was definitely a shallow individual i'm not gonna lie when i was like younger i felt like always had to look good your friends have to look good you can't hang out with this many people they don't look like that they're not in that and i felt like i know it sounds weird but motorcycle culture changed my life like i got a bike and i was into it and then i would just start riding my bike and going these places And i would meet these people that had nothing to do with me not the same lifestyle not the same like race economics anything mm-hmm. and then i look like they don't dress the same but it was like we had like the same bond and we understood each other and i was like man I don't care what you dress like. I don't care where you're from. You don't have to look cool. We're just getting along because we're having a good time. Mm-hmm. And then I just like start buying clothes. I only, <laughs> you no, know, like I got real trendy. Start buying clothes I only use for riding bikes. So kind of just kind of fell out of it. I mean, we definitely could have kept the store open. We, we could have got money. We had definitely had other people approach us to give us money. And we definitely could have did another loan. But it was like, I'm not feeling it. You're not feeling it. Let's just try to do something else. Like, we, I'm 30. I forgot how arrow. Eric might have been two years younger than me, but I me mean, still, he started when he was 21. I started as 24. We're not, mm-hmm. we're not like, I don't even know if you're really an adult at that age. We were, no, just, I we're still no. young. We still had developing minds. Most people, when I tell them I opened a store at 24 years old, they're like, what? Or like, I'm, crazy, yeah. kids that were 24 that I meet now, like, you did so much more than me at 24. Or like, Eric, he's 21. How many 21s, do you know, 21 year olds No. Open a store. I can't forget about Connie. Connie opened a store too, but. You know, we had a third business partner who was Connie. He had an automotive degree. He left because he was like, that's a lot of money to spend for an automotive degree. He had to go. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like, dude, I got to do this. I got to pay these bills back.
1: I mean, right.
0: That's crazy. Wow. But so, uh,
2: in terms of, so you were talking about motorcycle culture and, and one throughput, I would say, is he always wanted to, to kind of unite people and, and that kind of thing. Do you... What do you feel like drives that? So, like, wh- why would you want to put yourself in a position where you were in, like, a biker shop, like, some uh, place that isn't here? Like, why would you even want to do that? Is it just something, like, you're curious about the
0: world or, like, why? I'm uh, a little bit curious, but here's the thing. Like, when we, the type of bikes I'm into is, like, choppers. When I was in, my friends, uh Fabian, Ben Fuller, and Pat Fuller, like, kind of introduced me to those style of bike. And this guy, John, from Black oh, Black Sheep. What was this, a skateboard shop kind of introduced me to those type of bikes and the thing is in columbus you didn't see them that often mm. so all of us would just try to like find people who are into it so that's how i kind of i was like i don't want to ride a stock bike i don't want to look like a bro so we all kind of you know <laughs> you still want to look cool so <laughs> yeah, I mean, no doubt this my friend lou said get on chop cult and i was like what the heck is that he's like it's like the facebook of choppers so I got on there, and I started meeting people from Columbus, and we just message each other. Like, oh, you live in Ohio? You live in Columbus? Oh, sweet. And it wasn't wow. that many of us. And mm-hmm. I mean, I only have one person from that website I still kind of hang out and ride with. But I mean, it was a group of us so back then that were just all into it. So mm-hmm. you kind of get tired of, like, seeing the same old thing. I mean, everybody wants to see something new. I have, like, some weird form of ADD. I can concentrate and work, but I need to be entertained. I need to see stimulated. something new. I need to be stimulated. Yeah. So. That was my simulation. I mean, it it transferred over to the milk bar for a while. Even when milk bar was busy, I just got in the bikes. So we had bikes in the store in the window. We threw bike parties. It was kind of weird because I remember, don't want to like make fun of Ariana, who used to work one of my best employees. But (laughs) (laughs) we had a motorcycle event. It was packed. It was called Tanks for the Good Times. She was like, "Where are all these people in here? And some of them are scary." (laughs) And I was like, "I think I might
1: have been there. Is that the one where they painted the The tanks? tanks? Yeah. I think I might have been there, and I think i thought the same thing Yes. Yeah, because it was weird it was that was like towards the end
0: yeah it was, and it
1: was like you had done um milk Bar had done multiple events with um helmets like different helmets people painted yeah. and then the tanks and then you saw the change too in the closes you guys carried. oh
0: yeah it was very work it was
1: really work but that was also the that period
0: was that trend a little bit too? it
1: was trend it was trend too but now that you say not that you're telling us the story, it makes sense to me now as somebody who was in there pretty much like five days a week, um, taking pictures for your merch. It was it made sense. You carried gloves. You carried the hats Brickson, and the, yeah. the and and you know thank God for jogging. Eric because he
0: kind of stepped in a couple times. Like all right, this stuff was selling, but we also got <laughs> get the joggers and like the other <laughs> stuff which sold really well. Like that, when we got Top Man and stuff like that, we were killing it. Warby Parker, we were like the You were the
1: only. You were the only store that carried. Yeah, we were were
0: the first. One of the first Warby Parker uh, showrooms for like a year and a half or something like that. It had to be more than that. I don't remember. It was. It was. Yeah, and then they pulled out when they they started doing brick and mortars themselves. Yeah. So we did a lot of stuff. A lot of stores weren't doing at first. I mean, a lot of brands we carried. All the stores picked up after we closed. I mean. I mean, that hole's still missing, though. Oh, yeah. People yeah. come up to me all the time, like, well, you should open a store again. Do you want to ever? I told What about a motorcycle here's store? Here's what I told everybody. I was yeah. like, if I open another clothing store again, I'd rather be on a creative side, but I'd rather have somebody that's a buyer, and I don't want to be in there all the time. I was like, mm-hmm. I know people liked it, because I was in there all the time. I'm friendly. I love talking to people. I, that's the one thing I do miss about a store, is that Meeting even though I've- The
1: different people you meet. i
0: met a lot of people. Yeah. Like- I mean, it's crazy how many people I met because people still see me in the street. And they're like, what's up? You Korean? You Korean? am like, yeah. And I'm <laughs> like, man, wasn't it like three years ago when people forget? Like, yeah. But people still come up to and approach me all the time. But I would do a store. But it's a lot that would have to change. It would, it would, oh,
1: I mean, you're a different person now, right? Oh, yeah. I mean,
0: I would be more of a like, creative, behind-the-door like numbers, whatever we need to do. So I, I would let somebody who's super into fashion and knows what they're doing be the buyer. I want to do something else. I mean, I've been flirting with ideas, but yeah, I mean, I forgot what the original question was. I mean, if anybody was. could do it, it's probably, <laughs> no, so it was just Probably, basically like, did you want to
2: do? Oh, I mean, like, did you want to do a motorcycle shop or just any? I other thought about shop. doing a
0: motorcycle shop. Yeah. I can't really work on bikes, but I'm really good at marketing and promo. I know enough people, but to me, for it to do a motorcycle shop, which it's been done, I'm not gonna lie, my this idea is an original because there's one shop in Seattle that does it. I think there's another one in Milwaukee. Does it's like a motorcycle shop retail but it's a coffee shop bar so you have mm. like three four oh, sources of income very cool. so if somebody's one part's doing slow at least you have the other ones to pick yeah, up the to, slack to balance it yeah. out people love coffee give mm. some beer craft beers and wine you're good yeah i mean people like a
2: place to to meet up at like yeah. you said yeah
0: like that's but really the key it's going to be a that would be a lot of work when you're dealing with numbers and inventory and product because inventory is a pain mm, don't so I know it. but also, I find a space that you can work with—it's very hard these days in Columbus to find a space that you're going to be able to pass code. I mean, they knock everything down and build it up in Columbus, so yeah. a space you would have found is probably not existing anymore.
1: Yeah, let's mm. keep true. it real. So that's true. yeah, so okay, so you so Milk Bar closes. Yeah, and you're now—did you did you start taking your real estate stuff while Milk Bar was open, or yeah, were you, I took like, it
0: way before Milk Bar even. I took it a year and a half before Milk Bar even closed. Okay. I took it, but so you can get your real estate license in three weeks. I didn't have time to do that. You had to take off work for three weeks. So I would just take it like whenever I got the chance, whenever I got the chance. That's how it was. It was like maybe three months down the line, I'll take another class. And then Milk Bar is about to close, and I still didn't even think I was going to do real estate. I I flirted with the idea of moving to New York because my friends were in New York, moving to D.C. I thought about moving to Nashville. I thought about moving to Portland, Oregon, because that's exactly where I was going to move to when I graduated college. But i up getting to drive at Abercrombie because that was my plan to move to Portland, which I have no idea why. One day I read something about <laughs> Portland. And I was like, I want to go to Portland. <laughs> go to Port- We're going to move to Portland now. Yeah. But uh, I just I was like, all right, let's try this for a couple of months. Let's actually work in real estate and see what happens. And, like, the statistics for real estate, if you're a real estate agent, are pretty, like, dim. You're, like, almost like, I'm going to waste money and, like, I'm not going to do this. Like, they say the first year, you're going to sell zero houses. I did way more than zero. I'll tell you that. I crushed this stat, which is cool. So, that was, like, huh, I didn't really try. I shouldn't say that as loud, but I'm going to say it. I really didn't try. I kind of tried, but I didn't try. I like <laughs>
1: That doesn't surprise me, though. That doesn't I, surprise me. The amount of people yeah. that you know... And that was going to be the And the, the people question. that, like, yeah. grew up. That's what up, happened. Yeah, the people that, that you grew up with, basically, in Columbus are now at that age that they want to buy, buy a house. Yeah,
2: actually, it was a perfect time. Uh, to I sold a lot team.
0: of yeah. houses to people that grew up in the store or just knew me from the store. Exactly. Or so, but it was like, I didn't try the first year. It was more like, I'm going to put my name out there. I'm, I know a little bit of promo and advertising. I'm good at this. And see if people really work for me because they say 70% of the sales you do in real estate are people you know. Because mm. That's what they told people in the class. They're like, if you don't know anybody, you better start learning people quick. So I mean, you only have an option in real estate: either you hustle, pay for like for like leads, or you work for a team. If you don't, and hopefully the team gives you leads, and you know, I've already worked for myself. I wasn't gonna work for a team. I wasn't gonna try to just squander money on leads. I was like, the best thing I can do is just reach out to people I know and just let them remind them, like, hey, I'm a real estate. Not everybody's gonna work with you that knows you, but at least even if they don't work with you, they might tell their friend, and that's happened too. Right. Like people got their houses to other people, but they were like, hey, my buddy Kareem. He works real estate if you want to work with him. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that was good the first year. And then another person who I worked with a long time ago, Charles mm-hmm. Erickson, kind of made me, actually made me hustle in real estate. This is what he said to me. He's like, "How's the first year? I was like, "It was easy. He's like, well, if it's easy, you weren't really working. I was like, ooh, you got ooh. me. Yeah. So, the second year, I kind of, like, buckled down more and did more research and just pushing it. I mean, it's paid off this year, I can tell, because I sold the same amount of houses I sold last year, the whole year in. Five months. Oh man, so half a year. I just, just gotta. Sometimes when somebody tells you like you're doing it's too easy for you, you're not really working. And you like mm-hmm. listen to them. So I was like, man, if you you're telling me I'm not grinding enough, I and you I shouldn't. Have, and I did say it was easy. You're right. You called me out. So time to, time stop to get to work. Yeah. 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 So I hope I can cuss on there. Oh yeah, no. You have to <laughs> Hello,
1: it's it's rated E for explicit.
0: That is oh, yes, um, yes, indeed
1: so t- okay so you're out of the you're out of that business now yeah. you're in you're in the real estate business we've already talked about if you want to open another store well let's talk about your parties get right turn 10 this year how old is og now
0: get right ten. og is eight because i was getting tired of get right going to it because the music was like all new rap music just super heavy trap this is even before trap this
1: is before trap music i mean i guess it's, yeah was this it was the crunk
0: more, was it crunk no or this is when years. it was like gucci was getting popular yeah so, yeah crunk. When OG started, it was when Gucci, Crunk... Is that Gucci? No, that's still trapped. So it, it was coming out of What's the dude's name? So it was name? like
2: Lil Jon, and then like Gucci kind of came out of that... Gucci area. and What's the other dude's name for uh, You're
0: talking about OJ the Juice Man. Not OJ the Juice No, it was no? him, but somebody else. Who are we thinking? We're missing somebody. He's real relevant rapper I mean, from Atlanta. Fine
2: Mob was popular. Uh,
0: keep, keep going. You got I mean, it. They we're missing go him. Go He's... i Jeezy. Uh, that's Oh, Jeezy, yeah. Oh, Jeezy. So it was that era, and like...
2: It's a lot to listen to back to back to back to back to back. It's a
0: lot to listen to, man. And like, I wasn't really into that. I'm a hip-hop kid. I mean, even Jason, who started uh, Get Right With Me, one of the people that helped, he's a hip-hop kid. I mean, he's he's like, we. I met a lot of these people at Bernie's for hip-hop night on Sundays, rest in peace Bernie's. Oh, man. And I went so, there once or twice in high school. Yeah, so it was yeah. like we are playing stuff we listened to and party to, but we're not playing stuff we grew up on. So I was like, I want to come up with a hip-hop party. And that's I kind of knew Patrick from hanging out in the store, but we didn't really like kick it too often. And then uh, I talked to Patrick, cause Patrick was throwing a party doing Michi's, and I was like, "Hey, I want to this hip hop party," and he set it up with doing Michi's. He like helped out, and then that's how I was like, "Man, this dude knows what he's doing." So I was like, "That's mm-hmm. how me and Patrick became partners." OG, we did like one together, and he did so much work and set up a lot of stuff I wasn't like used to doing. Like, I mean. I would set up parties, but I wasn't doing it as professional as Patrick set it up with him each other. I was just like, look, can we throw a party here? I mean, this is what I want to do. Patrick was like, here's a contract. This is what we're going to do. Blah, 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 blah. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I might have to keep this dude around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, no, like, I remember. We knew each other,
0: but we weren't like, we we kicked it a couple of times, but it was like, already had my, just, at that age already had my group of friends I kicked it with. I think he already had his group of friends, but then we came together through throwing a party. Now he's like one of my best friends. But mm-hmm. it was like, that's how OG started. It was, like not the hate of new rap music or just like the lack of old rap Fatigue. It, we'll act, call it fatigue. fatigue. I just want to hear classics. Somebody wants to hear classics, You want to hear stuff you know and grow up on. If you're not the new stuff is cool, but to me, the older I get, the more the new stuff kinda of like it's kinda of whack. Oh man, Same. you're like reader. That's what happens it's when not, you get old. I think you're just not checking out the right <laughs> stuff. There's oh, a lot of good oh, stuff. A lot of new like I like Odyssey, I like
2: logic, I like Kendrick. I, I mean, but there are that's, other people. That's the like the baseline. There's a lot of people right here. But you too. know
0: more about music than I do. Yeah,
2: man, there's so much good shit. Like I can't keep up a, with
0: the amount of good shit that's out. Also didn't just grow up on hip hop, I grew up on like house music and techno. That's why yeah. I feel like sweating and yes. like build God, I miss And stuff like that night um, night mode, which is now called build, but I mean for a while I stopped listening to a lot of rap and was listening to, like Kingdom and like night slugs and stuff like that yeah. because of my buddy Noel who was throwing parties, who actually worked for Milpar. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Surprise. Surprise so yeah. network, man. Yeah. So it's like Mafia, Milk Bar Mafia.
1: Yeah. It's true. We should have had T shirts made for that. Oh man. There it's a go. lot of
0: milk bar people out there doing their thing.
2: But I mean, if if nothing else you have have that to and I mean uh I mean you and and uh, speaking of uh you and Patrick, you guys are both in that ad campaign uh that Columbus was nationwide. Like um, my sister yeah.
0: saw it in DC and was like people saw it in DC and saw my yeah. picture of me and Patrick. All my friends from back home, were like yo. Ad for Columbus? Yeah. I was like, yeah. (laughs) Why are you embarrassed, man? That's a beautiful thing, man. I'm a pretty humble dude. I may sound like a jerk sometimes. I mean, Rita knows. I always say, yes, I do know. It's true. So, have you thought about doing any newer party? I know for a moment you were doing
1: um, a Tuesday night. A Tuesday night. It was on
0: Tuesday night. It got busy. Then we got a little too busy. I'm not gonna lie. Got a little rowdy. It was. I mean, we had an issue for a while. We didn't have security, so there were fights. So we got security, and it was packed wall to wall. But they said the security is a little aggressive and people got scared of security so people stopped coming. Mm. And then people wanted to compete with Tuesday and they did a good job competing and it kind of died down. But Tyler has it now. Oh, I'm sorry. Tron. And it's called Launch. And he's done a good job since like he's taken over. At first I think he was a little bit nervous. He was like asking for advice. And I gave him as much advice as I can but I think he figured it out. And he has, uh, I don't know if you know LA. They call him Lavelle. LA. He's a good kid. He's good so. promoter. They're, he's helping out his as well so still at level just called launch okay so i did that for on and off it was called 614 i think it was started with one of your friends they it
1: was I, local it was called local tuesdays local
0: but i didn't do locals local it stopped and then i t-
1: and then you picked up tuesdays it was called I picked up- for all
0: mankind I know no, know. 614 no that four was first. the last name oh, okay. that was so the local was original original tuesday night party then yeah. the one girl who started local moved to molly. new york molly, yeah, moved, yeah, to new molly new york. moved to new york and then the they asked her to do a party on Tuesday, and so she, she hit me up at level. And I was like, oh, okay. So we came up with 614. We're still, like, kind of close to the name local. And that got rowdy, a little too rowdy. and a different type of rowdy. What album. kind of music was being played at that? First, it was, like, techno. Then it went to rap. I love rap music. But, hey, sometimes people get a little too aggressive and rowdy. It's true. So, I mean, it's died down because I walked away. Actually, they didn't even stop. Me. I was just like, I just can't be here every Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I was, like, just getting a little rowdy. <laughs> so and then uh it died down for a while like almost over a year and then level hit me back up it was like hey you want to throw another party i was like sure i was like let me think of a name i want to make it for everybody and i kind of just came up with for all mankind i don't know i just thought about it so I was amazing. like for all mankind and so we did that for a while it was busy it was busy yeah and then it like it went from being super busy to dead and i was like all right i think it's just my time to stop doing weekly somebody else with some new blood knows." That can get a crowd as Tuesday. So it's like the people I know; they will come to OG. Get right it's just a whole beast of itself, and people know what it is and they come. But
1: they come early, like we do. <laughs> get right just
0: packed. I mean, it's just a staple in city. is packed. To get somebody on a Tuesday, you need to be a a younger promoter. That's like a young man's game to do a weekly. Like yeah. you have to be like. And then no know, know the people. Because people our age ain't going out on a Tuesday. Like yeah, a man. Tuesday. Shit. Now, you're if we were 24, bad. 23, 21, I'd be out. I mean. Even 28, 29, i nine, I'll still be out. Yeah. But when when Local was day, going yeah. on
1: at Bristol. Yeah. And at Spice Bar, I was 24, 25, 26, 27. I was out every Tuesday. But you're right. I mean, I went to For All Mankind maybe like twice. And I was like, huh? Work yeah,
0: trust me. I mean, it's not like we're old or anything, but just, yeah. just Columbus is a different mind state and different speed. Like, if we we're in New York or DC, or LA, we probably still be out. I'm not gonna lie, we yeah. all would be out. That's yeah. the only problem with me moving back home to DC. I, I can find something to do. Every That's night. the scary part. I can yeah. find something to do every night. Yeah. New York, I can find something new. Columbus, you can't. Which is actually like not oh, a bad thing. Not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. But also, sometimes you get bored on the weekdays. Yeah. but it helps you be find different hobbies go on adventures. There's other stuff to do. Columbus is like a town that's built on like community sports. You can get to the country in like 10 minutes and find something in a new town you never heard of. Like yeah. People are like, what are you doing? And Columbus Motor Speedway. I was like, yo, there's racism. I don't know. I'm like, Rest in peace, Columbus it's Motor time. Speedway. It's like It helps you find other activities to do. You're, like, you're not going to leave New York to find other activities because you can't leave the city. You're not going to find yeah. other activities out of D.C. because you're still going to take you like another hour to leave the city. Columbus, you can leave the city in less than 10 minutes. Interesting. So
1: I think that's a really man, great, that's, great that's a really great point. promo. Good, good promo. That's a for great promo the for Columbus. Columbus uh, it is. That's why Plum. people like
0: my friends are like, why do you live in Columbus, Ohio? Are you gonna ever move back like, home, dude? You shouldn't be living there. It's not your pace. That's your style. Columbus Tourism Board. I'm like, hey, <laughs> dude, I love riding my bike. I love being adventurous. I love seeing nature. I was like, I can get to Hocking Hills in what forty minutes, maybe thirty if I'm speeding. But I don't even have to go to Hocking Hills. I can go to Lancaster. Yeah. Go to Delaware. I can go to outside of Grove City and be in. Oh, best in those little, little towns. Darby Creek Park's like 10 minutes away from my house. It's like, and it's super nice. I can do all these adventures and it won't take me an hour to get out of the city. Yeah. I can just hop on down the road. And it's a lot of like activity to do. Like if you want to be adventurous, there's activities in outside of Columbus. There's tons of things to do. And I don't think big cities give you that. Cause I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I'll be good in New York, I'll be home, and I'll be trying to find stuff to do that's like more like. Activity wise, I'm like, oh wow, group yoga. Oh, I can do that in Columbus. I'm like, that's the best y'all got? I'm like, yeah. I'm like <laughs> try is. again. I'm like, they don't have any. I'm like, where's well, the park? I'm not going to Rock Creek Park, to, which is in DC, yeah. to do some like, little run. I can just go to Rock Creek Park at any day of the week. I said, like, this isn't the same. This isn't real nature. This is yeah. a park in a city. Like it's an a, urban park. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Columbus is real uh, nature. What do yeah. they call it? Japanese call that. They call it, uh, bathing in the woods or something. I don't know, there's some phenomenon when in Japan people say they go in like the woods. I don't know, you can look it up, I'm probably saying it wrong. And then they like <laughs> bathe in nature, and it's supposed to make you feel better. I'm not gonna lie, it makes you feel better when you get out of the city. And you can just, be in some place quiet, look at the trees, look at the nature, hear the sounds. And I'm like, I don't know, I saw I learned you can ride a dirt bike outside of Columbus, you can just pack up a dirt bike, get somewhere in like 30 minutes. I like, am ride a dirt bike. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know everybody's into firearms but i am i mean i can go somewhere and go shoot outside the city in, in nature and like have fun you know so
2: yeah. yeah
1: man That's a different side of cream i've not heard of before i but made
0: you so. know i do these things i know but people he's always he's- ask like a weird question i always get these weird questions like <laughs> from friends and people who don't really know me like i can't believe you're shooting a bow i can't believe you're doing this Oh, you're weird. I was like, that's not being weird. That's being adventurous. That's seeing something else. Like there's, it does <laughs> you don't have to go to a restaurant and get good food or go get a drink or just look for coffee. You could move your body, do something adventurous, see something else, see somebody new. I mean, that's the problem with the world. From like people like like this last election, people don't understand that while people in the country don't see eye out of eyes because a lot of people that live in a city or live outside the city, they don't. Interact or There's try to no interaction, interaction with each other. They don't understand each other, mm-hmm. and like they come Not even virtually lives. anymore. They like block everybody. Yeah, they block everybody. Okay. It's like, I mean, I have friends that live outside the city, and I, they teach me a lot of things. I teach them things. They come to the city for events. Like, I have friends who live on, probably like I think they live. I forget where they live at. They said so they would come to Columbus for OG. They're like, oh, we grew up in hip hop, and they were like, all right, cool. And I go out there for bike night, and like it's cool. It's, I mean, you, people just need to like try to understand each other instead of just looking at a situation like oh i I hate it i can't do it oh that looks dumb you actually might have more fun than you believe like i've taken people places from columbus and outside of columbus to places and they're like man i actually had a great time i didn't know these people were cool i'm like what do you think they were going to be you watch too much tv or you read some article even if it's real or fake you're still reading something that just is giving you one side Mm -hmm. of the situation have you
2: always been like that? Meaning, like, always trying to
0: seek Oh, yeah. My parents always thought it was weird that I had so many friends that were from different races and different cultures. I was like, mm. I was like, I grew up in D.C. I didn't grow up in, like, a nice neighborhood. I grew up in a neighborhood where it was like, I'm not going to lie, I used to hang out on the corner with a lot of people. I mean, people got shot. People ran through my yard trying to shoot my neighbor one time. I mean, I've been in a situation where it was like, you would always turn your back and look around. My nickname was, like, they used to call me Little Goofy. That was my nickname. I used to hang out in the hood. That was my name. But my friends from my high school, like, the main reasons I kind of, like, moved towards a different direction to high school. Because my friends in high school were like me. Even though I grew up in my neighborhood, my I was, like, one of the few kids that had this a really strong family household. Like, we had my dad, my mom. They were into a lot of things. And my sister's ex-husband, he's still a cool dude, he's the one that introduced me to, like, anime and, like, graffiti and stuff like that. And then I got in junior high school. In high school, I started meeting kids like that. And it was just... I started going that direction. Like, I'm going to hang out with the kids that do graph. I'm going to hang out with the kids that rap. And I just started kind of, like, not hanging out with kids in my neighborhood because they were just – not all of them came from bad households. But when you're around a lot of people with the same mindset, when you think, like, selling drugs or being hood is cool. Because, I mean, a lot of people glorify to make it – music glorifies it. Everybody yeah. glorifies it. It makes you think that's the right thing to do. And then sometimes, I like, being adventurous and want to see other things help me, like, get away from that neighborhood. Like, my mom showed me a picture from – and I was like 15 with all the kids in my neighborhood and she was like you gotta realize you're the only one in that group that didn't go to jail it's not dead that's had a great career and she's like you're lucky like cuz yeah. you have good friends outside that neighborhood that you want to seek out more
2: it's, it's, it's crazy that she realized that retrospect because yeah, at the time it was like Nah. yeah she found this picture me?
0: last year during Christmas and gave it to me and she'd like named all the people in the picture like what and I was like Man, that's a good person yeah I think I was like I'm lucky like my brain will tweak a little bit differently. Yeah. But I mean, hey, that has brought you to this point. Yeah. So I
2: have another kind of left ball question before you go into your last ones. Then, uh, so you know all these people. Yeah. You you uh have this giant network. You're you're doing real estate currently. Where do you want to go? Uh, like, do you even think about that? Would you ever want to run for office? Because I, I got, feel like I'm going to ask you could, that, which is weird
0: because I definitely. Got approached about not really approached. I was joking about city council and I went to a oh my city God, council you totally should do that. Party and they were like, You would be doing a good job. You would actually. but then when they start talking about politics, I realized politics is a game and it's kinda of scary and that made me feel real uncomfortable the way things are laid out and how much of a strategy and how much it it just seems like you might get used at some point or lose oh, yourself sure. or mm-hmm. whatever so yeah. i mean my nickname's the mayor that's everybody calls me the mayor yeah. so True. i just i thought about it and i remember the one question somebody asked me like no that's what they said they were like oh you do it's a huge power gain i was like what do you mean by power gain i don't remember what they told me i didn't like the answer and i was like i'm not looking for a power, power. gain yeah. like i just i'm I, good over here yeah. yeah yeah i mean if i was gonna do something like that i really had to figure out why i was doing it like a, i had to be a good reason like i need to be helping the city in some format like some form of shape or something i Arts think you already helped
1: something. the city in some way
0: yeah but i gotta really help the you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things that you know you see and you're like it could be done better i mean yeah. but i mean, I mean that it, sounds like a good so, enough reason to me yeah but, yeah. yeah i exactly.
1: mean that's that's we'll keep that question open-ended because who knows right you
0: never know man i <laughs>
1: That wouldn't, Don't again, let me ever like, have a
0: speech, and somebody get me heated. I might say something crazy, get on the news. Yeah, we don't I, mean, need to know right. if I I don't know if I should be running for city council or mayor. Someone might tick me off. So I
1: mean, that's why you have a staff. Yeah, that's
0: I mean, true. I'm pretty good at like controlling the things I say. I, now I think I don't know about before. Just make sure you can't scroll down on the Twitter. You know, I'm not on the. Yeah, I know, no Twitter. I'm saying, <laughs> He's saying for real. Just, <laughs> if you didn't have Twitter, man a whole different ball game for me to stop, bro.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I I, like. Well, I'm gonna go back to get right real quick. It's the 10th year. OG's eight years old. Yeah. Where do do you think you'll continue to hold on to these parties, Uh, or have you thought about like maybe it's time? I don't feel like like like... I'm old.
0: Like if I'm where I'm from, people still throw parties in their 40s. Like I mean, they run the party scene. They have 40 year old dudes that Mm -hmm. run the nightlife. 40 year old dudes that run the nightlife here. I mean, mm, dudes true. Dudes in New York, it's running true. like L.A. Older like, than that, LA, older than that. yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not old. People here sometimes tell you, say I'm old. I'm like, dude, if you're living in a faster paced city, you would realize how young every. I mean, not young. How much people are more established in their late 30s and they're doing a lot of things they want to do. It's not like yeah. a lot of these kids are like 20 something in New York. They're in their 30s, late 30s. They're mm-hmm. they've mm-hmm. been through the gambit. They know what's going on. Like D.C. It's like when I go out in D.C. There's no young kids in D.C. going out there. Everybody's my age and older. I've mm. never really run any people. And they don't have money to do that. And you're especially living in an expensive city like that. You're hustling. Yeah. So when you make that hustle and you make that money, now you enjoy it. Now you go out.
1: Now you go out. Yeah. So I
0: would agree all right. Columbus just has a lower, like, you can live cheap here. I mean, you can do a lot of things cheap, which is well, it's great.
2: college campus, like, they have yeah. all
0: their dad's and mom's money. Yeah. And, like, that's what they're going out on. Yeah. Into, so. you, this is a whole different ball game. I mean, you it's gets you makes you comfortable here and sometimes you gotta make yourself uncomfortable to do what you really need to do. You gotta let fear God, drop that you. is so true right now. Yeah. It's so yeah, true. Talk about it. Yeah.
1: Uh so the legend of Get Right and OG continues. Yeah.
0: I mean we're doing uh Every OGs ever. in New York. We've done two. Oh so yeah, far. I was gonna
1: ask you that. Yeah, we right, have right, the
0: right. third one's July seventh, plug, plug. At Shimanskis in Brooklyn, which is Friday, I believe. So yeah. We are trying to expand OG. I mean, When you go to New York and people that live in New York and throw parties in New York tell you you can't find a good hip-hop party, people dancing or anything like that, that's That's weird. That's surprising. I mean, when when I had Get Right, people would tell me, like, yo, you can't find parties like this in New York. I mean...
1: Do you think you'll expand Get Right? Do you think you'll take it with you somewhere? Oh, no,
0: man. I mean, if I did Get Right, I'd probably do it somewhere close where I can get to it. I mean, the only place I would do it is Pittsburgh. One, because I love Pittsburgh. Two, because Tron's from Pittsburgh, which is like, hey, you go home, DJ, and... Bring it with you. Bring it with Bring you. Bring your brand, yeah. yeah.
1: You think it's just maybe easier to expand OG than... Oh, than I would think it's... Get Right.
0: It's easier to expand OG than Get Right. Get Right's sure. an energy
2: that you can't... You can't like, duplicate. Oh,
0: oh, OG <laughs> is, I think, a more palatable
2: to a wider array because I think there are younger kids that still go to OG because they enjoy that kind of music. Yeah. But Get Right is a certain energy that you can't
0: just do anywhere. Yeah, it's definitely an energy because... People tell me when they go to places and they're like, "You may be playing the same music, but the crowd, some reason, I get right knows that it's not time to stand around. It's time to jump up and down." Like the last 10 year. I mean, there was people going ham, like oh, man, and it I gets me a little history. scary sometimes because you got that many like people jumping up and down. I mean, you might bump and hit somebody the wrong way, and they might take it the wrong way. But I don't know what was going on. That get vibe right, vibe was good. Vibe was man. I saw some girl do something, and she did it to me on accident. She. Had People were apologizing to everybody. We were like, Tyler was making announcements, like, hey, we only good energy. Everybody, we're always yeah. good energy. And I, I don't know if that just changes the landscape of things. Man, it was so weird that everybody was just like, apologizing to people. It was like people were having a great time. I mean, people do it, but it was a weird thing. It was, like, I don't know if it's because of the tenure. I was like, I saw people like in the crowd like almost like hugging and doing weird Whoa, stuff. I was like, that is weird. Yeah, we were like, Why is people having a good time? I was like, Why are people so polite tonight? I was like, <laughs> I was like fuck some shit up. Just, I know just, just for the I was the like, we, I think we played Slime my knob and everybody jumps up to that song and I looked and everybody was going ham and I was like man. And everybody's going ham together and grabbing each other. Not going ham and knocking somebody. Somebody gets mad but everybody's like oh I'm gonna grab you too. Oh like oh yeah. And I was like okay.
1: That's great. It's a good time. Well okay so I I have to like then rewind. There was a point when there was some more violent incidents. Yeah.
0: I would say the crowd wasn't really controlled. We were letting (laughs) anybody in. We started seeing more gangs show up. It was a big difference. It was like, I mean, gang life was real. And somebody found out about it and they came and it was like a lot of gang activity where people were fighting. So, I mean, we got kicked out of Scully's, we moved to Longstreet. When we came back, I mean, I, I kind of just thought about it a little bit differently. Because when we were at Scully's the first time, I was still in that phase of not, not really taking it serious. And when we came back, I was like, hey, getting real security inside. I'll pay for it. I'm getting the door due. We're going to do a dress code. And that's how we're gonna do this. I mean, we're gonna be careful about the music we play. Cause I'm, it sucks to say, but it's like, rap music's a pretty aggressive music, just like hardcore, like punk music is, and mean, like those two scenes can be very violent. If you've scenes. got a
2: good DJ, he'll know when to bring it down and, a notch when it's getting too. Yeah. Like, you can't play like, I don't
0: know, Bugatti, and then like,
2: yeah, uh, If You Buck or something like that and back to back. Tron knows. He yeah. knows,
0: man. He is like, he'll be like up, down, up, down, and he yeah. also makes sure to play stuff for the ladies. And we never used to do that before. Yeah. It's just be like. Let's go! Boom, 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 boom! Everything yeah. just pushing aggressive, everybody aggressive, super aggressive. And then honestly, you actually see more women now. at get right that we've changed it up. Yeah. We never used to see a lot of women; We'd be a lot of guys. I
1: think the evolution of that party has been. Oh, I love it. it was a it's time been. Where I was it's not liking it. Yeah, it's been so. It's been a lot, and I remember going there, and I would go all the time, and I loved it. And then it moved to Scully's, and I was like, I don't, I can't do this. Well,
0: Scully's. The funny thing is, this before it was even a ratchet. People call it ratchet crowd. There was fights there too, all the time, because it was like eighteen and up.
1: Is it
0: still eighteen and up? Nah, it was eighteen up, and it was like thousand. They were like packing, we were packing like a thousand people at eighteen and up. I remember, a couple and of it was just these young kids. I mean, it was a super, super white crowds then, and it was fights. Even back in the day when it was like majority white, it was fights. So people don't remember that. I know it sucks to bring up a race thing, but I feel like some people forget. Like focusing, they focus on. They it. Focus on it. I was like, dude, you don't remember when it was majority white people that we still had the same amount of fights we had an incident with somebody got their finger almost like pretty much cut
1: off oh my god shit. yeah wow. and
0: the that was a majority right. white crowd that wasn't like it was a black white thing It was like it's just rap music and that energy when you got a bunch of people bumping and people getting mad at each other i was like it could be white or black if you are pushing each other and there's somebody that's not gonna like it especially when they've been drinking and people forget that people used to get i mean it was a majority white crowd people used to get jumped and be fights Stuff like There's that. certain BPMs
2: too. Like it's that's a weird thing coming from a purely a music standpoint. Yeah. Like if you do, like, I want to say like when you go one thirty to yeah. one forty, that's yeah. when shit gets bad. Because I mean, we were talking about punk. It's the same exact thing. Like people beating the shit out of each other. It's 130, 140, 150 16. I know. It's like my buddies
0: at the hardcore shows can't find places of venues because venues like we don't want that crowd. There can be fights. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like were just i think sometimes people get caught up in a race and if they see a different color which sucks but it is what it is that's how the world is yeah. i mean i mean they forget about the past you know they forget or even that, the current the like current. you said like hardcore scene isn't it's still it's around it's still around it's, and sure it's it safe yeah they, i mean yeah. the show's looking like oh man is that one crew one hardcore crew with the other hardcore crew oh it's about to pop off yeah yeah <laughs> but you know too old to go there too so
1: yeah okay well i i don't do you have anything else Man, um I mean we could go on and on about I it. Like could, but we we yeah, you one. know, the yeah, thing is with, for another The time. thing is with Cream, we share so much history. So Yeah, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. So last question is something I ask What? <laughs> I ask everybody who comes on the podcast is the three pieces of pieces of advice you would give your younger self. And for somebody that's lived more than I feel like a lifetime in the last 10 years. Yeah. I think you would be the person to ask that question to. And I'm so curious to hear your answer.
0: Ooh, I would say, tell my younger self to, I mean, I took people's advice, but I didn't take people's advice. If you get what I'm saying, like mm-hmm. I took certain people's advices, but I should have took more expert advice. I would get a lot of advice from other people instead of like reaching out to experts. I didn't re- reach out to experts to like in my late 20s. What does
1: that mean? Like, So like
0: when the first milk bar, I would just ask my friends for advice and we mm-hmm. just came up with the decor ourselves. Second milk bar as Therese McCain for advice, who's actually built stores across the world, and comes from brand and creative. She, I mean, she helped us do the next, the first milk bar. We probably spent twenty something thousand dollars on build out.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We spent eight thousand on build out on the new milk bar, and it was more of a retail space, and it made more sense. You know what I'm saying? Like she helped out a lot. I was like I, because I went to an expert instead of just going to my friends. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and like it's even with real estate, I don't just I don't ask my friends for advice. I mean, I go talk to my friends that have been in the business for like eight years. I talk to brokers. I read stuff. With Milk Bar, I read stuff, but it was also like I also chased trends that were like on blogs mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I mean, it worked for a period, but it was also like we weren't really paying attention, you know? It, right. Until we moved to the next location, that's when we're like, we need that person who's done this, who actually knows what they're talking about with colors. Like she was like, "Hey, your old story is a masculine feel. You need to make this more feminine." too. So we changed the colors. She was like, You need to have racks and stuff to actually move around. You need to have this. You need to do window displays, blah, blah, blah. And that was the big difference. Like, mm. I, w- I would tell myself to get more expert advice instead of just, I love your friends. You got to love your friends. They tell you good things, but sometimes you have to talk to an expert. Like, yeah, we didn't somebody... have an expert accounting. That screwed us, too. We didn't have expert accounting till later, expert taxes till later. We did a lot of stuff ourselves mm. or we did a lot of stuff cheap. I mean, plug out to Jerry for BBI accounting do change my life even now when it comes to accounting like I used to just have some regular dude this dude sits me down and goes this what you need to do and this is how it needs to be done I he's the right guy to talk to you like I mean never just listen to I mean I love my parents when my parents sometimes they didn't give the greatest advice either so yeah. they didn't know they weren't an expert that's one thing I don't know what the other one would be
1: you have two more I
0: got two more you got yeah two more man. man
1: Come on, you have to you have to have some good ones, especially. Oh, if, if I would talk
0: to my high school self. Yeah. I'm like, you need to calm down.
2: <laughs> I
0: used to be a really rowdy kid in high school. My friends weren't allowed to go to, like, parties and stuff because I used to get in fights. They'll tell you now, like, they were like, man, you're a completely different person. And I used to get in fights. I used to do stupid stuff. And they used to always have my back. And and I, I would just be rowdy because I thought it was cool. It was like, this is a weird city. If you're rowdy, you were, like, the popular kid. So I thought it was cool to be rowdy. I would tell myself it's not cool to be rowdy and I was kind of not true to myself sometimes because I was like, I'm still a nerd. Everybody knows I'm a nerd but it was like, I used to hide the fact that I was a nerd from people. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah. good on the love. Now everybody knows I'm a nerd. They're like, huh. That's one thing. Calm down. Be true to yourself because I don't think I was true to myself till I was like my late 20s. Like mm-hmm. I still think I had it. Even though I was kind of true to myself until I wasn't really. I was still had a facade and an image I was still portraying for the store and for parties even though I was I wasn't hiding that much. There was still something you can tell. Like I could tell. Like I wouldn't tell you everything about me, or like I would just. You could be true to yourself, and people respect you. So, yeah, I noticed that. Like people respected me. I was still. I wasn't always there. You know. Like they were still like the facade. Like, but now you know. I mean, I picked that up later, but who gives a shit? Yeah, that's who cool. gives a shit? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. That was the third thing. Ooh, that's a difficult one. I don't know, man.
2: I, think- I, I mean, you kind of already did do because it's like you. You did. Calm down. You did. Take expert advice. And then
0: the third one. Be true one, to yourself. Oh, yeah. yourself. So I did three. All
1: right. Okay. I guess we're, that's. I
0: mean. That three. I mean, I could come up with another one, but you're going to uh, have me thinking. Oh.
1: I'll
0: go ahead. Mean. Don't buy cheap motorcycles because you'll be spending oh all your gosh. money. Oh, my gosh.
1: The legend business. of Kareem's motorcycles.
0: Because I would buy cheap motorcycles oh and I'll break down. I'll buy cheap cars and i break down. I had don't buy cheap. Just yeah. buy something that's going to last you a while. Invest. Because I spent way too much money on stuff because I bought vehicles and stuff cheap. I shouldn't invest in quality don't be... I know my dad's a cheap ass. I love him to death and I picked that up for him. But he didn't learn how to buy quality vehicles. He always bought the old trucks, the old cars. And they're like, I'm going to just beat them up. Man. I'm saving money. Until he got in his like late 50s. And he's like 67 now. And now he's like, yeah, you should... I probably would save more money if I just had the payments <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious.
1: i mean yeah uh kareem thank you no problem for being here this yeah, has man. been thank fun you. it's I been know. like rehashing. I, I,
0: I wasn't trying to avoid you guys i just was getting
1: i know we know we yeah. see you on instagram and we're like he's doing kareem things i can't be I mad know. at him
0: he's in the wilderness then so i realized knows. mondays and tuesdays i'm really not doing much for either watching wrestling on my house <laughs>
2: Shoot, Smackdown is. A <laughs> you are yeah, more than welcome know, to
0: come so over. So you got Hula. Hula. Ooh. Hula. 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 Yeah, the Hula. The Hula. Vince um, man, get it together, bro. That's right.
1: All right. That was our interview with Cream. So great. I hope you guys took notes. Some great stories there. All some really great lessons. I don't know, man. I mean, I've known him for 10 years, and that, there were some things that I have just learned about him.
2: That's, ama- that's amazing.
1: That is pretty amazing. So... Yeah. Thanks again to Kareem for coming on uh, our show. Um, we have a little bit of housekeeping to do. We have two new podcasts. You growing guys every day. we're growing, growing every, day. every day. We would love for you guys to take a listen. It's still under the banner of remember to floss as we nurture it and as we grow it. And then I'm sure at some point we'll split it off into its own thing. We'll but fly away. Yes.
2: Like the proud bird that it is.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay, so the first one. <laughs> is The Jock Whisperer with Mimi and Therese. Um, It's their take on sports, the the intersection of sports, pop culture, and fashion. Super fun, super hilarious. I hope you guys have taken a listen to the first one. Second one is, should be coming out here fairly soon. Um, the third podcast we have on the network is The Bachelorette Micropod. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Uh, Teresa and I doing a 15 to 20 minute recap post-Bachelorette on Monday night. Literally immediately after. So we might be a little tipsy, not gonna lie. Um, that is all that is the companion to obviously my recap and Brian's recap of The Bachelorette on remembertofloss.com. So exciting. There'll be there will be more pods coming up. I'm so pumped. If you guys haven't subscribed, please do. We are on Stitchers, iTunes and SoundCloud under Remember to Floss. And um if you do subscribe, please rate us, review us, because that's that's what's gonna get us to the next to the next uh level. Phase and such RTF, RTF, RTF. Yes. Exactly. Um also if you guys want us to is there somebody specific you guys want us to talk to that you think would be a great fit with us, um, please feel free to reach out on Instagram if you want. It's Rita Remixed. That's R-I-T-A-R-E-M-I-X-E-D. That will soon be changed to the uh, official official RTF one. But yes. for now we'll keep it there. Or you can email it to me. It's remem- remember to floss blog at gmail.com or hi at remember to floss um, we got some really great interviews though coming up, don't we, Brandon? Oh
2: man, we got a couple in the clip. I know, so
1: yeah so look forward to some really good ones coming up in the next couple of weeks and also don't forget about the Jock Whisperer and the Micropod every Monday or well Tuesday morning and Jock Whisperer on Wednesdays and uh, we'll talk to you guys
2: again the good
1: week. bye Peace.